0: Good morning and thank you for giving us this opportunity to meet with you and open God's Word, which has the power to nourish every one of us. And we do this to honor Jesus Christ and to equip ourselves to serve Him. Ephesians chapter 3, in just a moment, please. God used the Apostle Paul to write much of what we have in the New Testament, including his letter to the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians, Paul wrote to those Christians about Christ and his church. We took some time a few weeks ago to read together and study what he wrote in chapter 4. And you heard something this morning from chapter 2. When we were in chapter 4, we were reading about keeping the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This morning, I want us to listen to what Paul wrote in the previous chapter. This is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner... "...for Jesus Christ, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I have written briefly, when you read this, you may perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ." which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. For many years here at Laurel Heights, we have challenged everyone here to begin and continue daily Bible reading, and at least once a year, we explain what we mean by daily Bible reading, and we offer encouragement for you to become a participant in daily Bible reading. But along with that, we talk about good ways to do it. Now, the object is identified by Paul in this passage we've read. You heard this at verse 4 in Ephesians 3. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. See, Paul wasn't given a secret to keep. It was not that the Holy Spirit gave Paul a message that he was to keep confidential, keep to himself or hide. The whole point... In giving Paul the message was that Paul would make it known. That he would reveal it. That he would speak it and write it and spread that message. And we have it in written form in the New Testament so that we can read it today. When you read this, you may perceive my insight. This message... Paul wrote, came from God. There is no message or story that has greater importance. It is about how to live right in order to die right in the sight of God the Creator. Here in Ephesians 3, there is a phrase below our reading down at verse 6 about being partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And then Paul adds in verse 7, of this gospel I was made a minister. Do you see why? Just here in Ephesians 3, you and I need to read this book. This is the message that gives life to dead sinners. This is the truth that can change you and strengthen you and give you hope and courage and equip you to serve your family and your fellow man and your local church in a better way and to serve God, the God who made you and who will be the judge of you in the last day. We eat every day. We feed our physical bodies. Maybe breakfast, lunch, dinner, and maybe some snacks in between. We know we cannot survive without nourishment. That is exactly what we're talking about today. Relationship with God, spiritual life, cannot survive cannot continue without the rich nourishment of God's Word. And that's why we push daily Bible reading here at Laurel Heights and talk about it through the year and especially as the new year approaches. This morning, there are three things I want to say about this discipline While we're together this morning, three things about this discipline of daily Bible reading. Number one, it will help to think of reading as listening. Now, if you're here for the first time, I'm Warren Berkeley, and I appreciate how well you're listening to me now. But what if the Apostle Paul could stand on this stage? Wouldn't you lean forward and pay careful attention to every word Paul spoke? If the Apostle Paul were here, would you be looking at your phone or drifting off to sleep or trying to figure out how the football game will end? I doubt it. Now, go higher. What if Paul came up on this stage? What if Paul came up here just for a moment and he introduced Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ came on stage? I tell you, if we announced that beforehand, the building would be full and there would be quiet reverence, and full attention directed first to Paul and then to the Lord. We would listen, we would do what is described in Luke eleven twenty eight. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. But I've been speaking hypothetically through an image. I've been calling upon you to use your imagination. Paul isn't here. Jesus isn't here in the flesh. But stop and consider that on these pages, Paul introduces Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ tells us about ourselves and what He did for us and what we can do to go to heaven. Are we listening? On these pages, Paul introduces Jesus Christ. On these pages, Jesus Christ speaks to us. We studied in the adult Bible class this morning Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2. God hath spoken by His Son. The question is are we listening? Are we listening? What a privilege! That you can find a comfortable, quiet place in your home. And you can turn the TV and the phone off and shut the computer down, and you can open this marvelous book and you can listen to the Lord. You can let Him tell you about Himself. You can listen to Him describe exactly what you need. You can let Him convict you of your sin, putting you in position to respond to Him obediently. You can listen to the Lord tell you how to honor Him, serve Him, help others, and prepare for death. Do not expect Paul and Jesus to come on this stage. Rather expect that you can listen to them in your home when you open up this book. Daily Bible reading. That's why we talk about it here all the time. Do you need help getting started? Are you planning to start a plan of daily Bible reading in January? If I can help you, come to me and ask me. There are other people here who can help you. I'll sit down with you and help you get started. Your ears... Can be open to hear the Lord through His Word every single day in 2019. Do you need that? I do. You do. Number two. Accompany your daily Bible reading with prayer. I want you to think of it this way. If God has spoken to us by His Son and it is written on these pages and I can read these pages and I can listen to God speak to me through His Word, is that going to be a one-way conversation? Prayer is one of the ways we respond to God. He speaks to us through these words. We listen to Him and then we respond. We say things like, thank you. I love and praise you. And we say things back to Him like, yes, that's right. And that's what I'm going to do. And we can ask Him to help us understand. We can ask Him to help us process what we're reading and turn it into action. We can tell the Lord about our pain and our struggles and our stress. We can ask for strength and relief. We can speak to Him about what He says to us. Refer with me to Psalms 119. Psalms 119, a marvelous chapter about God's perfect communication to man. I'm at verse 18 in Psalms 119. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. What a prayer! When you're reading God's word, what a valuable prayer. When we open God's word, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Make your Bible reading personal by accompanying all your reading with prayer. God speaks to you through his word and you respond to him. I'm going to make a confession right here. Do you know what the biggest obstacle is for preachers in doing daily Bible reading? We start reading the passage scheduled for the day and we drift into the sermon preparation mode. We open the Bible and look at the words on the page, and because of the way preachers are wired, we see and we discover sermons. And we come up with sermon ideas, and we get off into the sermon preparation mode. I need to set aside another time for sermon preparation. I need to read the Bible for me. My nourishment, my spiritual welfare, Just as certainly as your spiritual nourishment depends upon your contact with the Word, my spiritual nourishment depends upon my contact with the Word, and on some other occasion I can do my job of sermon preparation. All of us, when we read the Bible, must engage in prayer that incites... Self-examination. Two questions are appropriate after reading a section of Scripture. What did this mean when it was first written? And then the next question is, what does it mean to me today? Prayer is a useful God-given way to make your Bible reading personal. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Prayer can be viewed as a conversation, but not one we start. God speaks first. His voice sounds in the Scripture and climactically in the person and work of His Son. And then wonder of all wonders... He stops, he stoops, he bends his ear to listen to what our response is going to be. Prayer is almost too good to be true. With our eyes on God's words, he's giving us his ear too. Number three, have you ever considered an accountability partner? That may be a new expression, so I'll take a moment, describe what I'm talking about. An accountability partner to remind you and encourage you to do your daily Bible reading. What I'm talking about, I think, is contained, packaged into the statement in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Hear that again. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. One way to fulfill this duty is for us to help each other and remind each other and encourage one another to persevere in daily Bible reading. An accountability partner is someone who will remind you, not with a critical spirit, Not to irritate you, but a kind friend who's going to be your accountability partner and who will simply remind you of the purpose of daily Bible reading being pursued all year. Find someone you're comfortable with and ask them to help you, and then you help them. Make it reciprocal an accountability partner. There's this fine young man who lives in San Antonio, very involved in the Lord's work up there. He grew up here. He was baptized here. And when he grew up and moved away, he said to me on his last day here before he went off to college, He said, don't let me forget to continue daily Bible reading. I said, you you sure you want to hear from me pretty often? He said, please, don't let me forget to continue daily Bible reading. And so I worked out this deal with Brother Villegas. I would send him a message periodically And it would contain three letters, D.B.R., Daily Bible Reading. That was the accountability code between us. And I'd send him a message on Facebook or a text message or an email, and it wouldn't say anything. Sometimes just in the subject line, it would say D.B.R., I'd simply type in a message and put those letters. And he would answer, Yes, I'm keeping up. And a couple of times he'd say, I'm a little behind, but I'm going to catch up. And then Setio would say a couple of times, What about you, Brother Berkeley? We became accountability partners. I think we were fulfilling what this passage says. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Here's another way to do that. Get a close friend here, someone you're comfortable with, close to. And as you do your daily Bible reading, send an email or a text to this friend and speak to them directly and say, what did you read today? And sometimes they'll say, I didn't read today. But many times they will say, here's what I read today. And I've done this a couple of times. Sometimes somebody will say, sometimes you'll send the message and you'll get it back four hours later. And they say, well, I read about this. What you did was to spark them back into the daily Bible reading. Here's what I read today. Here's what I thought about it. What did you read today? What did you take from it? If we will do that consistently, we're going to be helping each other. And it will not be some sort of in-your-face confrontation. Just start a conversation. What did you read today? Here's what I read today. And when this is done, in an atmosphere of safe friendship, it can be an excellent way to encourage daily Bible reading. I want you to consider the value of having an accountability partner. I may wind up with a dozen today. Finally, let me take a defensive stance for just a few minutes before I close. Somebody might say, well, I've read this book once, And every time, every time I come here, I hear somebody read a part of it or preach a part of it or teach a class from part of it. I don't read other books every year. I've been baptized. I go to church. There are no big sins in my life. All those arguments can be answered on a very simple level. First of all, this is not like any other book you've ever read or owned. I do a lot of reading. Usually I read a book one time. Occasionally I'll go back and read a book a second or third time. Always getting more out of it each time. But those other books I read were not written by my Creator This is not like the other books you've read. If you've been baptized, you assemble for worship, and there are none of those big sins in your life, good. How are you going to stay on course? If you're on a good course, how do you stay on course? And I suggested earlier, think of Bible reading and Bible study as nourishment your mind needs every day. What if I said to Paula, I don't need any more meals, I had one? She'd begin to make my burial arrangements. Because I can't continue to live without nourishment, we can't sustain ourselves as Christians without the regular nourishment of God's Word. Folks, read your Bible every day. Because Paul said, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. Let's be standing as we sing.